every great dream begins with dreamers. Tom and Steve are strangers in a strange land. Join them on the journey from ignorance to knowledge, one book at a time, one chapter at a time. All aboard the Blunderground Railroad. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Bunderground Railroad. We are reading Notes from Underground by Fyodor Dostoevsky, and um, it's helping us to understand what we hear in our modern culture, Notes from Blunderground. And pretty fascinating stuff. We've looked at the author. Uh, we've looked at Dostoevsky himself. Uh, we've looked at this chapter number one. Wow. Uh, some contradictions and some indecision. Yeah. Just just a couple, not too many. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was probably just every uh, every sentence, every other Pretty, sentence. Yeah, every other. Yeah. Well, it, it can't be every. You know, it's got to be every other. Uh, probably every in order, other. In order right? to contradict There itself. you go, every other. So it is every other. Speaking of every other, my name is Tom, and I'm my wingman Steve over here. All right, so chapter number two. I swear, gentlemen, that to be too conscious is an illness. A real thoroughgoing illness. Well, at least he acknowledges it. Well, you know, I, do people really <laughs> acknowledge this, though? I mean, are so should people be prideful for overthinking? I've never considered being prideful for such a thing. I didn't. I don't. I don't. I don't know. I mean, it, it depends on if you think overthinking means you're smarter than everybody else. But I don't think you should be prideful ever i mean everyone's got their own point of view on that yeah you know um i wouldn't be prideful if i was him because uh it's not really doing him any favors from what i see so far (laughs) yeah no the underground man his his greatest attribute is his greatest illness it is true yeah yeah you know i mean the Mm -hmm. underground man would tell you clearly that his mind Mm -hmm. his intellect is what he's the most proud of. And yet he clearly thinks it's a terrible thing. Yeah, that's that's what brings him down. Is that very same thing like you said? Yeah. Yeah. He said he said I mean, he goes it would have been quite enough for instance to have the consciousness by which all so-called direct persons and men of action live. Basically saying it would have been fine to just have like a normal level. So he considers what he has to be an abnormal level. A heightened level of consciousness, if you will. He does. And and he does this also, there's this other paradox here where he pretty much puts the man of action down. All right, this this man of action. He's yeah. putting him down, but then also he also lifts him up, right? He says, I bet you think I am writing all this from from uh, affectation to be witty at the expense of men of action, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, oh, hey, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to be witty because I'm going to put him down because I hate him. Oh, yeah. actually, I don't think that's really true. You know, I think the underground man looks at the man of action almost in a jealous way. Yeah. Right. I, I th- Yeah, I think so. Because he's like we talked last chapter, he's not able to make decisions. So, I mean, is that what he's he's jealous of or is he jealous of the fact that his own head keeps him in his corner or? And not able to live life like the man of action can. Yeah, it's a really great point. You know, I, I think that it's it's that the the man the man of action can act and not 
be troubled. You know, to, uh, you know, yeah. You know, he can act and not be troubled. We kind of touched on this in the last chapter, right? We were talking about I think Neil deGrasse Tyson eating a steak or something. Oh man, yeah, we beat him to death. I, I think we probably poor guy. we probably did poor guy. And so <laughs> the you know if you're eating a steak and then you're immediately conscious of your next door neighbor who's eating dinty more. Mm-hmm. And then you're aware of some guy you know in the next town who's starving to death. Yeah. And how can you actually enjoy the steak? And should you even eat the steak to begin with? Right? Maybe you shouldn't. Nope. There you go. You're taking it to extremes. You're underground man in it. I told you. Well, I think that you kind of have to get into the underground man's mind in order yeah. to kinda, you know, see where he's coming Well, that's from. exactly what he would do. You're right. Right. But then he would. He, I don't think he would eat the steak. Pro- no. That would require making a decision. Well, that's true. I mean, it wouldn't require making a decision. Uh, you know, but also, it's not just this. And I don't want to make it seem like it's a quandary for the underground man either, right? So, like, here in chapter number two, he says, people do pride themselves on their diseases, and I do maybe more than anyone, right? The underground man, his, his own disease is his pride, Mm-hmm. You know, so he, he 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 settles down into it, right? The underground man. I mean, he's settling down away from the world, but he's also settling into his own sickness. Yep. Yeah. Well, he he thinks it's his normal condition. That's what he ends. That's what he ends up saying. Yeah. No. Yeah. He, he kind of does. That's true. That's yeah. true. And you know, he says that that consciousness here is kind of this disease. Mm-hmm. The more conscious I was of goodness. And of all that was sublime and beautiful, though, you know, that the more deeply I sank into my mire. So he's aware that his consciousness is a bad thing, but like you said, he he uh, he doesn't really have anything else to hold up as his highest attribute, right? Other than knowing or thinking that he's more aware, yes, than everybody else is of every single thing that's going on around him and all the possibilities that could happen. But that doesn't allow him to have any fun. You know, that's like, you know, well, I'm going to go on a road trip somewhere, you know, and road trips sound fun. And, but you go, well, what if I get a flat tire? What if my car breaks down? What if uh, there's too much, you know, distance between two gas stations? I can't make it. Right. That's what this guy does. Yeah. You know, every single possible bad thing, he just puts a huge roadblock in front of himself. Well, I think a lot of it too. We were talking the last time, I think, about um, about authentic community and abstract thinking. So, when you're in terms of an authentic community, right? If you bake, let's say, all right, let's see an example. You're gonna bake a batch of cookies and bring them over to your next door neighbor, right? And your next door neighbor says, "Oh, I love chocolate chip cookies. Thank you." Right? You feel like you feel good, right? You're walking back to your house and you feel good. Yeah. Why do you feel good? Because you know that your next door neighbor is really happy and you've done something for them and it's something they enjoy. And so, you know, this would be, for example, a direct action, right, that the underground man would, 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 would point out to. It's an act. There's, there's, there's no, you know, there's no consequences associated with it, all right? Mm-hmm. So, and, and also, too, time is a factor, okay? You're, you're not trying to abstract the history of chocolate chip cookies or you're not trying to think about what your neighbor did 25 years ago, right? right? I mean, you're just thinking like, you know, me neighbor, me like chocolate, you know, and then there you go. I mean, it's very <laughs> base, right? And yeah. it's all in the moment, right? Yeah. So you that's authentic community, right? Yeah. So, you know, if you're, you know, it's kind of like, um you know, you're going, uh, 
you see someone local and you say, hey, it's so good to see you, right? Hmm. It's all right. That in the moment, as a limited truth, it's pretty good to hear, right? It's so good to see you, you know? I'm yeah, so, it's you know, one glad of the, that you're here. It's one of the instant gratification things. Sure, you know? But in, in terms of, of consciousness or in this this abstract thinking that you can compare with the authentic community, mm-hmm. right? The underground man is not connected to people, right? I mean, he doesn't have, he, there's no visitors. There are no, there's no friend group. You know, there's no, he's gotten himself to that point where he doesn't really have things that are real. And he talks about being, uh, uh, doesn't he talk about being punched there at the end of the chapter? He talks about being slapped in the face. Right. Oh, that's what it was. Yeah. 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 Yep. He says, I sometimes have had moments when if I had happened to be slapped in the face, I should perhaps have been positively glad of it. Yeah. Right. Yep. Yeah. You know, and, and, he, and he talks about uh, uh, the enjoyment, of course, of despair. But in despair, there are the most intense enjoyments, especially when one is very acutely conscious of the hopelessness of one's position. Yeah, that I, I did not understand. Well, what? Why? But I, because you don't have a choice, right? Like if you have, all right. So you're just so any any situation where I don't have a choice, I'm supposed to be happy. No, but if you're, that's what it sounded like to me. If you're sick with consciousness, okay, and you are living with this knowledge, all right, of okay. uh, you fear the change, you fear change. You you know you can see the consequences of all your decisions around you, mm-hmm. right? Well, when things are finally certain, then that's where you can put that period at the end of the sentence, right? If, oh, okay. So it takes that like weight of thinking off his shoulders. Yeah, because right. conclusions already there. There's no more. There's no more thinking about it. Yeah. So it's kind of like, okay, cool. Right, exactly. As far as it can go, I don't. Have to, I don't have to worry about what's the more extreme possibility because that was it. Right, that's exactly right. And we're gonna see this a little bit later in the book here, near the end of the book. Uh, you know, when um, we're gonna see it a little bit near the end of the book, and there'll be a good example of this uh, there. But that's makes, exactly right. Makes sense, but it's crazy. But okay. Well, let's say if you lose all your <laughs> money, right? If you lose all your money, and uh, then you don't have anything then all of a sudden, if someone's going to ask you for money, there's no more pressure, right? You don't have any. That's a simple way to put it. I mean, it's a simple way to put it, but you get to that point of, uh, uh, for example, okay? Which I totally understand that. I I get to tell people no for that very same reason all the time. Well, it's all the time, right? So there you <laughs> go. Okay, so uh, let me, I'll share with you. All right, so when I was working in convenience stores and I was working a lot of hours, huh? and uh, which I did all the time, hmm. There would be times when I'd be driving home, and this did not happen all the time, and it wasn't, uh, you know, these are fanciful thoughts. It's nothing that played me, but mm. you're driving home late at night, right, and you're wishing for a break, and there's no break in sight, mm-hmm. and there's no end to it. Yep. You know, you start thinking, hey, you know, if I were to be in a car accident, and then <laughs> I were to be incapacitated, yeah, and I ended up in a hospital bed, and... I wouldn't be able to work for a long time because all my bones would be broken. <laughs> and 
all I had to do was sit there in a hospital bed and, and you know, let the doctors put Humpty Dumpty back together. Man, how bad was that job? Well, I mean, I'm not trying to make a judgment <laughs> here one way or the other, but, I, you know, th- these thoughts are not entirely bad thoughts. I mean, these are not unpleasant thoughts, right? They're, they're probably not uncommon. You know, and so you, you start thinking about that and you think, you know, it's kind of nice to think about sitting in the hospital bed. Like they bring you your meals and, you know, they get, they get you the little TV. I don't have and to then, think anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have to think anymore. Right. Just, I don't just want to break from the everyday grind. Yeah. You know, and you're like, I don't have to drive anymore or, or you know, not drive a car, but drive yourself. Uh, you know, your family, all my family members will come in and they'll all be so nice to me and they'll all be, you know, they're all going to be sympathetic to me. And can't be know. mean to the sick guy. Right. You know, there you go. You know, so, you know, you could sit there and you could say objectively right you could say objectively us is a bad situation you know someone is in a really bad situation well not so much right so you lose it all and you're like hey finally getting what i really wanted out of life you know like it was just a break right <laughs> yeah so you can have these paradoxes of understanding where you have a bad situation but you feel good about it well i think that happens when people when people retire you see a lot of these people that retire. Oh, yeah. They, they, well, they do one of two things. They either don't retire. They don't even choose that option because they already know mm-hmm. that's going to be bad. Okay. I'm going I'm to go insane. Sure. Or you got the people that do retire because they're like, ah, oh, finally I'm done. And a year later, what are they doing? They're out looking for a job. They have no idea what they're like. This is torture. I'm sitting home every day. Yeah. I have got to do something. You know, I, I'm just shocked how fast that happens. I mean, people will tell you it happens in a few weeks. Like a few weeks. Yeah. Man, I give me a couch, man. I could lounge on that sucker for a couple of weeks, right? Man, <laughs> you ain't maybe, been in that car accident yet. That's yeah, why. I don't know. Maybe not. It's still, probably not. Still probably waiting not. on your payday to come in. <laughs> yeah, right. That's true. Oh man, no doubt. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, no, probably not. Actually, I mean, I, I, I don't. When I had COVID, I was pretty. I was bedridden for a couple of days with that, and that was that was. I had enough of that after a couple of days. So, uh, but yeah, he talks about it here being beaten into a pulp, rubbed, being rubbed into a pulp would positively overwhelm one. Right. Yeah, he he takes it to the to the extreme, which right. is where he would need to go. Yeah, that's in order exactly to reach right. conclusion. Yep, that's yeah. exactly right. Yeah. So these abstract thoughts, right? They exist outside of the current moment, right? So when you are the man of action, everything is happening to you is right now. Yeah. You know, it's it's how you know it's 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 you're in the moment, right? Yeah. And then the abstract thinking, you're all over. I mean, you're in you're everywhere. So you're in history, right? So like. Uh, so the underground man is the kind of person where he doesn't necessarily see an object. He sees he sees the thought behind the object, right? Like, so you can take a piano, right? Mm-hmm. And so one man can look at the piano and say, well, I can play um, Twinkle Twinkle Little Star, and it sounds really good, you know? I mean, it yeah. probably does. Maybe it does. Maybe it sounds really sublime, and it's amazing. Mm. And then you can have another man who looks at the piano and says, well, you know, Mozart, you know, died in another hundred years. No one's going to remember who he was. So uh, it's not worth it to even try. <laughs> That's a cheery person. Well, yes. So, but we can see that. Yeah, and the underground man is is uh, not necessarily a cheery per a cheery person. We yeah, can that's see why he's right got here. no visitors. Well, that's why. That's why he's underground. <laughs> right. Always thinking about the consequences of his actions. All right. So here, let's uh. Let's go back here a little bit. He says, um, "He says I did not believe it was the same with other people, and all my life I hid this fact about myself mm. as a secret." Right? He was ashamed. Yeah. 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 And so here, here, what he's talking about here, um, you know, it ended by my almost believing that this was perhaps my normal condition. All right. right. You know, this year it was it just this normal condition that he has, where he 
he's talking about the sublime and beautiful, right? The more conscious I was of goodness and of all that was sublime and beautiful, the more deeply I sank into my mire and the more ready I was to sink in it altogether. Why is that? Because he couldn't attain it? Well, you kind of... All right, so in this day and age, we're kind of maybe moving into a different a different area, but you don't normally find, you don't normally find people that are defending what they do, not, not when they're depraved, all right? So, I mean, in this day and age, you do find that things are changing, but, so primarily, if you, you're going to talk to, um, you're going to talk to a gang member, right? And the gang, uh, and the gang member extorts people for money. And if they don't pay up, they beat them, you know. And so you could say, well, hey, you know, this is a bad thing. You, know, you might want to think about doing something else, right? Well, you don't usually find the gang member comes up with this robust defense, you know. Like, well, you know, it's all about power dynamics and I should be able to do what I want. And then, you know, this is not a really bad thing. And let me give you five reasons why, you know, what you do is bad. You're not getting in these intellectual discussions here. You know? <laughs> That'd be interesting. Yeah, right. I mean, it would be interesting. <laughs> but, you know, you're not really getting into these these discussions here, okay. So, you know, the, most likely the you know, he's going to look at you and he's going to pretty much acknowledge that you're right right you don't really find this i mean you don't find that you don't walk into like a house you don't walk into the house of burlesque and then like you find like you know all the all the prostitutes sitting around on the couch reading like you know sex worker daily you know and like you know reading up like you know the the top 10 habits of the modern day sex worker you know like you don't see that right so you don't necessarily find people that are defending their position when they're in a state of depravity and so yeah. Yeah. And so makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. And yet you don't see them doing what the underground man is is saying here, right? The underground man is saying that he's saying here, hey, the more conscious I was of goodness and all that was sublime and beautiful. So I mean there's sub- there's there's beauty here. I mean the underground man is capable and we'll see this later on in the book, but you know, we're, he's capable of all these sublime thoughts, right? Of seeing this beautiful. But the more I was aware of it, the more deeply I sank into my mire, and the more ready I was to sink in it altogether. You know, it, it's not that people are not aware of one over the other, you know, and, and so I think for those of us, uh, for Christians and those of us that fear God, you know, like we, we look at our own sinful nature. And then we say, you know, we can see how our own sinful nature affects the way that we live and the way that our own sinful nature interacts with the good that we try to do in, in the world as people, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And, and in terms of how it does it for our behavior. Right. But remember, not this nihilism, right? Nihilism is going beyond belief in God. It's going beyond religion, and it's even attempting to go beyond nature, right? Like for the true nihilist, like, Social interaction and these social values are beyond nature, all right? So we still talk about nature versus nurture, right? Or we talk about uh, our, our, the social scientists and such. Uh, we'll talk about the social development, the conditioning, you know, gender conditioning and, and, and social conditioning. Hmm. So to the nihilist, they're going way beyond that. And so to the, to, you know, so to the nihilist, that it makes perfect sense that if you're going to have this dastardly action, you should probably want to defend it. Yeah, but um, it's just surprising to me that uh, he he does so. Um, and we talked, I, I spoke a little bit about that in the first chapter. Yeah. But here, I mean, he even says that he's ashamed of it, of his condition, mm. right? 
and he describes uh you know the the going back to the basement secret abnormal despicable enjoyment in returning home to my corner again mm. he he acknowledges that what he does and how he thinks is not good for him well at all i think that and it's kind of building up here all right even in chapter number 2 and we're going to build up to it again in chapter number 3 and chapter number 4 and also yeah. chapter number 5 but we're we're building up here to this okay so dostoevsky traveled Europe, and he when he was in Europe, he recently, mm-hmm. not recently to today, but when the book was written. Yeah, yeah. I, unless he's two hundred years old. Yeah. <laughs> he um, and when he was there, he really did a lot of research into determinism, determinism, and also into this utilitarianism. All right, that the that was very popular at the time, hmm. and how if you seek to be a rationalist, then there's a certain expectation that you need to have of yourself all right so if you you have to be aware or the underground man calls it conscious right you have to you have to be conscious right and yet in order to be conscious in order to be rational you need to be you need to have consciousness awareness and then you need to be able to apply that in the right way and what's the right way? Hey, there you go. And so the the underground man is gathering information so that he can make a determination as to what is the best course of action. And yet the more information that he gains, it's his own... Con- now remember, consciousness is required here. All right, You're never going to reach this stage of rationality without it. All right, yeah. Like no consciousness, no rationality. So you can just... Take that and throw it out the window. All right. So he has his consciousness and he needs it. But the more information he gains, the more contradiction he finds within himself. And then, so basically, the more conscious he is, the more contradictions he finds. And when you're a true rationalist, right, you need to make decisions. Rationalism, okay, there again, Neil deGrasse Tyson, right? There's going to be this expectation of predictability. You're going to want to put human beings into a certain situation, and then you're going to want to extrapolate from that particular situation that you have. Uh, the underground man is going to call it the piano key. You know, he's going to say, like a piano key. You, you, you hit the piano key middle C, and it's going to make the middle C sound. It's not going to make the D sound, and it's not going to make the G sound. It's going to make the middle C sound. So... You can put a human being there, and then you can extrapolate there from what they're going to do. Now, you have a million human beings. You have a million different situations, but it should be somewhat predictable if you're going to move into the rational, and then you're going to move towards, like, utopia. Yeah, you're right. He takes that to the the extreme, and um, he says an interesting thing about that here. He says, Mm. I keep wanting to know for a fact whether other people feel such enjoyment. And the enjoyment he's talking about, he alludes to it here. Yeah. So the enjoyment is from feeling oneself that one had reached the last barrier, which is what we were talking about earlier. Like, he, he finally got, like, that slap in the face. He's like, I want to know if anybody else, like, am I alone here? Am I the only one that, like, feels a little bit of relief that I don't have to think about this anymore? Am I the only one that overthinks this stuff that that hard? Right, right. Yeah, no, no doubt. So, I mean, that's one way he feels disconnected mm-hmm. from society. And I I don't know, I get a school shooter vibe from this dude. <laughs> 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 it's, it's 
It's a little weird. Yeah, right. Well, you know, if you really get to you get to that end, I mean, you get to the nihilist. You get to the end of that nihilism. Mm. All right, and 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 really, that's kind of where because the value of human life, right? If you eliminate God from the equation, and then you're going to take out the human, there's going to be no no sense. Eventually, you're not going to have a sense of of human decency or or human rights. I mean, even that will begin to break down. Yeah, he takes a long time on on this particular page that that I happen to be on, mm-hmm. uh, explaining the same thing over and over and over, and I I think it's. I don't even think it's just this page. I think it's what we've read so far in the book. And I came to what I thought to be a lie here. He says, uh, I will get to the bottom of it. Mm. <laughs> like, right. No, you won't. <laughs> Not from what I've seen. Right. Yeah. But I he will says, get to the bottom of it. That is why I've taken up my pen. I'm like, oh, man, could you could you put it down? Yeah, could you put down that pen? <laughs> He's killing me. Yeah. You know, and I, I think. It's a rough read, man. Yeah, it is. There's a lot of, you know. And I've heard this said before. I've heard this example given. Some people say, for example, okay, you can have a sense, if you go skydiving, right? Mm -hmm. You jump out the plane, you have a sense of objectivity there, right? Like you have gravity. So gravity is an object. It's it's fixed and you can't change it. And on the way down to the the earth, you're, when you skydive, you're kind of reacting as you go. And so you're kind of reacting and then you can kind of extrapolate and predict that in a little bit. But you're kind of reacting to what happens to you after you skydive, right? Like after you jump out the plane. I, don't, I mean, I've never... Have you been skydiving? It's just off topic wait, here. Wait, wait, wait I, I, me? Yeah. Wait, what? You been skydiving? Oh, uh, well, I have not. Skydiving? I haven't even seen Flight Club. Oh, man. My wife's been skydiving. It's, Apparently, it's fun jumping sky, out of a sky, perfectly sky, fine plane. Skydiving? Yeah. R- really? You mean yeah. like out of a real plane? Yeah. yeah. Really? Oh yeah. She wants to go again. I think she's crazy. No thanks. I'm okay. good. Really? I, I'm not sure if I could handle that. Yeah. I'm, then you can go alone. Yeah. I don't know about that. I'll wave at you. Yeah, man. I. <laughs> nope. Wow. I, I seen my luck work out. That chute ain't opening. Oh man. I don't care who packs it. Yeah. Oh man. As I, as I, I don't know about that. Nope. The um. So, but there's this sense of the objective, and then you're reacting to it. And people, some people look at the morality the same way, all right? They look at, um, they'll say, well, you know, we live in a world of, of nature, gives us certain restrictions on our life, and then we all want the best for each other. I mean, because when I benefit you, I benefit myself. So by being a nice person, then I actually do more for myself, and this is a very natural and predictable thing. And this is where I think the underground man and a lot of people who think this way are going to part ways. And and it's really fascinating because the underground man is going to take it to the absolute extreme, right? I mean, he's he's effectively going to say that when you have you have a heightened consciousness and you have all this information, right? You cannot make decisions and you can't create anything other than paradoxes. And so you can't extrapolate anything from that, you yeah. know? And so the only question at this point for the underground man, honestly, is am I doing it? Why am I doing it? Am I doing it? Is it, is it involuntary? Is it voluntary? And if it's, if it's involuntary, then what are the forces that are causing me to have the, to be in this condition? And if it's voluntary, then why am I doing it? And I, I think we're going to come down to this voluntary. You know, human beings are never going to enter a state. You know, we call this a sinful nature in, in Christianity. Mm. We are never going to enter this state where we can settle ourselves and we can push forward into this this predictable 
you know, into this, pre- right. you know, because yeah. if this were true, right, you could say, hey, you know, you don't need to believe in God and you don't need to worry about morals and you don't need to worry about having absolutes in life. You, you don't need a sense of sacred. You can just throw that on out here and you can just walk on down the street and know that the guy down at the grocery store is going to be pretty nice to you because by being nice to you, he's being nice to himself. And so he's just going to have it and it's all going to be the same thing and you don't need to worry about it. Right. Well, the underground man is like, wait a minute, I got consciousness and I got knowledge and I see this guy across in the parking lot and if it's up to him and he comes towards me, I don't trust that. No, I, I, nah, he, he's not going to trust that. He, he must have had one too many run-ins with the wrong people and just been like, you know what, I know how this game plays out. I'm all set, thanks. Well, Goodbye. man, yeah, but, but you know, it's an interesting question though. I mean, you know, c- c- I don't think that people do. I mean, I, the underground man isn't going to trust that because he's going to he's going to say that a human being is willfully going to throw that out, right? The, the the human being, if it comes down to the human being being in a situation where they can extrapolate good behavior based on someone's thoughts and actions, then they're just going to blow it up because I mean, hey, reasons, yeah, right? Absolutely. Why not? Yep. Yeah, that's just how people are. You know, I really think it's a lot. When we're talking about the human condition and you're talking about the sinful nature, it really comes down to: do do you have? Is the instinct to tear to to tear down, or is it to build up? Depends on the day, right? Depends I mean, on the person, right? On the person, but you know, right? And and then the severity, and it's going to depend on the person, mm. you know, depending on which one. But you know, to to build up and to tear down, right? Yeah. You know, like we always do this. I mean. We do this with our uh, sports stars, you know. I mean, you know, it's one of those things. Like, it doesn't matter how many times it happens, and it doesn't matter what sport you're in. It doesn't matter what is going on. If you are considered to be the best in your individual sport, and you're going to keep playing, at some point, like, listen, I didn't go to Harvard Business School, okay, guys. So, like, you know, you go to Harvard, and you won't find my name there because I ain't there. <laughs> All right, like. You don't need to go to Harvard to figure this stuff out, right? Like, I mean, these are some of the no one tells these people these things. At some point, the fans and everyone's going to turn against you, and they're going to tear you down, and they're going to rip you into ten thousand pieces and scatter you to the four corners of the earth. And there's nothing you could do about it. Still waiting on that to happen to Brady. I mean, he's losing a lot, but oh, it'll happen. All, no, all he ever did was rip apart his sidelines. Uh, I don't know. Whenever it was, a few weeks back or whatever. Well, I mean, I think that you, you know, you, you, it just is ugly. I mean, right? I mean, you can't, like, you, you can't, you put your family out there in front of the world, right? And then you're going to show the world exactly what you think of them. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to expect some sort of recompense. You know, right. like, like, you know, you're almost saying, well, you know, hey, the world framed the whole world in cultural rot and, and, and decline and degradation. So don't look at me. Right. Well, I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't care how good you are at throwing at, at throwing a ball or doing anything <laughs> like no one. That's never a winning. I mean, people are just going to tear you down. And the only thing you can do is the only thing you can do is, is you know, you can walk away in your own court. But anyhow, you know, to bring it back into the, the underground, man, you know, you yep. can't. You can romanticize this notion, the noble savage. You know what I mean? You can you can romanticize this all you want. But, I mean, it's just, you know, people people are people. And so you're always going to have this sense of degradation. People are going to, at some point, someone's going to go, oh, y- you, you want to make humans to be a piano key? Oh, you want to make a grand symphony of human utopia? Yeah. You know, someone's going to go, not on my watch, pal. You yeah. Know? yeah, yeah. At some, you're going to get buffeted at some point. I mean, I would think at some point. Yep, every time, and that's that's what he's trying to get to here. That's why he thinks he's smarter than everybody. But I think, 
I think at some level, everybody realizes what the underground man, underground man realizes is just they choose to not uh, take it that far because it drives you insane. And so I think that what Dostoevsky's trying to do here in yeah. this book is show us what would happen right. if you did take it all the way out that far. Yeah. How just insane you could get. Yeah. No, it, you know, it's true, and it's a real theme in his novels here, and, and, and this is a great example of it. And I, I couldn't agree with you more. All the way to the end of the process, and then you get this kind of, this kind of insanity, okay? Because you can be, you can be aware, you can be aware of the suffering, mm-hmm. and then you can let that suffering change you. And that's not something, you know, that like, that's not a predict. You can't predict that, you know. Right, right. Like you can't. Let I me. Mean, like you were overseas. I mean, you were over there. You know, you were overseas and deployed. Like they don't sit there and say, "Okay, you're going to go overseas for a year, and here's what's going to happen to you." And by the way, here's the 15 steps that you need to take to keep yourself healthy, and so you can come back intact for all your, you know, your family and friends. I mean, no, there's, there's no. I mean, I kind of thought about that as uh, I was preparing notes for this chapter. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I just, I don't know, I, I ain't brought it up, but yeah, it, it does relate to how you initially feel over there. Cause if you were to take all of the possible possibilities, mm. you know, the things that could, could happen, sure. uh, you'd spend your entire deployment, um, just thinking about them and you have to make a determination, um, yeah. very quickly when you get there, if you're going to worry about that for an entire year, mm. Or if you're just going to do your job and it's going to be what it's going to be because it's going to be what it's going to be anyways. Right, yeah. So you might as well be doing your job and focusing on that to the best of your ability because that's all you can do. Yeah, yeah. It's the only choice that you have. Right. And I don't know if that's the the man of action. I don't know if he thinks the man of action is instantaneous or, um, you know, if maybe most of us are just down the middle of the road, somewhere between the consciousness guy and the man of action guy, you know? Right. I think that's that's about where I fall. Well, I think a, a lot of it too. I think a lot of it is you, you end up you end up with these spaces, right? I mean, with because in the authentic community, your authentic community is going to have consistent engagement. They're going to have objective. They're going to have an objective view of evaluating and judging, and then everyone's kind of kind of kind of come into their 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 spots. You know, everyone's mm-hmm. going to come into the, the spots where they benefit. Everybody benefits. The community benefits. Right, and so. What we do now is we have we have online spaces and we have virtual spaces and we have uh, we have different kinds of spaces. So I can go on Twitter, right? Mm-hmm. And I can find I can look all day long, and I'm never going to find the local sanitation worker. All right, you know, like he's not going to be there. Okay, so like I mean, I can look all day, and it's never going to happen. And yet, I'm so thankful to the local sanitation worker, right? I mean, the local sanitation guy, it's clean water, it's indoor plumbing, it's functional sanitation for the people I love the most. So if there's one guy that needs his hand shook, that is the guy that needs a big old handshake. After he washes it. <laughs> After he washes it, man, he needs a shower, and then he gets to get a big old handshake. That's like the military. You don't mess with the people who make your food or... Do your pay. Right, sure, yeah, you know, right, yeah, yeah, no doubt, right? So, you know, you're not going to mess with those folks, right? So, but yet, if you you abstract it all, if you're in that area, when I'm, like, if I'm on Twitter, right, 
I never get into that. Like, at no point in time are you ever going to get into conversation. You're going to say, you know, it occurred to me today how thankful I am for my local sanitation worker. You know, oh, let's get a big old hand clap for the sanitation worker, <laughs> right? Everything's abstracted. And so people, you know, I'm more, you know, I'm more um, likely to see, uh, I'm more likely to see some sort of dispute over some obscure doctrine or yeah. over, um, you know, the Iranian, you know, protest, you know, which are happening and across across the world, and you know, things I can't possibly change, right? right. I mean, I can inform myself, but I can't do anything to change. Right? Yeah, I mean, even if I were to call my congressman, there's nothing he can do either, right? Yeah, so. I'm about as separate from this situation as I could possibly be, right? I mean, I can talk about it all day, and I can sound good, but I can't nothing change anything. Can, nothing to do about it. Nothing I could do about it, right? Yeah. And, you know, I go over to my sanitation worker's house. I, I could knock on his door and say, hey, I appreciate, you know, I appreciate having indoor plumbing. So, you know, there is this contrast. And so when you, when you live in that world, right? So, and this is a true thing that happens today all the time. So, I mean, and I feel thankful that I'm still at that spot where I can say, you know what, I can't change anything. You got to give it some space, right? Not my monkeys, not my circus. Sure, but you, I, you I'm have, that guy. You I'll have, drive around a car accident. <laughs> Everybody got a cell phone. <laughs> That's right. Everyone's got a cell phone looking, right? Yeah. But then everyone will be on social media all the time, and then they become obsessed with these things. Yeah. yeah. So then they'll write, you know, like I mean, like it, it happens to all of us. I mean, yeah. probably to you, and it happens to me. You know, you'll read something, and you'll go, "Well, that's really good." But then you think, man, how long did it take to write that? You know, mm. like that's like an hour's worth of time, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's valuable, right? So, um, you know, people become obsessed with these things, and then they they end up abstracting their feelings about it, and then they 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 end up applying it to other things. You know, like we were talking about with the piano. You know, oh, yeah. you know all of a sudden it becomes about is it worth it to play the piano? Yeah. So all of a sudden, you know, you get you know somebody. Somebody spends all this time worrying about, you know, protests in Iran. And then, you know, uh, an hour later, they're like, they're like, no, I don't want to have rice and beans for dinner, you yeah. know, and they're throwing stuff, right? Deeper than it needs to be. Yeah, you know, and so and you live in this world where you're abstracted constantly and, and you're building, a, you know, this you're building up your consciousness. It's not like your consciousness can't be built up. You know, it's not it, when the underground man says that he's a smart, observant guy. He ain't lying. Right. I mean, right. He, in, he, in and of itself, that's not a bad thing. Yes. And yet the underground man is conscious to a point where he's got so many paradoxes in his life. And he has so much indecision that he recognizes it as this profound sickness. Yeah. You know, he says, consequently, one was not only unable to change, but could do absolutely nothing. And AA isn't the first step to recovery admitting you have a problem or something like that I think it is yeah I think yeah. You, just, you know you have to you know say you know he right. just needs that for overthinkers then I guess <laughs> is it right what is it o OA is that what it is OA right? I, I don't know I'm not sure o right o overthinkers OTs is it OA you could have like it'd be some cool acronyms o OTAs overthinkers anonymous OTAs, OTAs, right? Overthinkers Anonymous. There you go. Yeah, I, I think there might be one dude in there. Right? Yeah, but you know. <laughs> Unless it's a free government program, then everybody's yeah, on for maybe, the ride. Maybe, you know, OTAs. No, because you couldn't call it OTAs because then they'd want to change it when they get in the first meeting, you know? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> don't. St don't. 
Don't start that. I already saw the last sentence of this it's chapter. There, right? Yeah, I see. Why should I have not made up my mind? There you go. About that in particular, I want to say a few words. Yes. But wait, there's more. <laughs> see, that's a meaning that never ends, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like lamb chop sing-along song. <laughs> that's right, man. That's right. So, you know, he says here, I should certainly have never been able to do anything from being magnanimous, neither to forgive for my assailant would perhaps have slapped me from the laws of nature. One cannot forgive the laws of nature, nor to forget, for even if it were owing to the laws of nature, it is insulting all the same. What? All right, so he's talking about, he's talking about like nature, okay? So he's kind of bringing in the rationalists here. If you can bring it down to nature and you can say, well, you're going to do these things because of, uh, uh, of, of nature and that you had no choice. Mm-hmm. So you could say, okay, well, you know, you have no choice but to do this. So that's how we knew that you were going to do it. That the fact that the underground man feels a certain way about it kind of creates this paradox with the reason behind the action to begin with. Okay, I thought I see. I thought that was going a totally different way. I thought that like, oh, okay, cool. Well, that then draws a conclusion that he can't change it. Boom, done. Don't have to worry about it. Well, but apparently not. See, the thing is, is like, okay, think about it this way. All right, so. You're trying to create a utopia. So what you want is you want to have rationalism and then you want to have consciousness. Mm. And yet the underground man is pointing out that if you have the conscious, like consciousness is the good, that's the good part of the recipe, right? If you have too much consciousness or any consciousness at all, right, it's a sickness. And you're going to gather so much information that you're going to get to a point where you're not going to be able to make a decision and you're going to create paradoxes and it's going to cause you to, you're not able to become an insect you're going to retreat, and you're not able to take action. Well, like, if you're a rationalist, you get, I mean, you're, you're trying to get things done, right? You're, you're not going to be able to, you know, you, the rationalism that's based upon these principles is no good. Yeah. And so the underground man has this paradox with rationalism. And as we go through these chapters, we're going to see it. He is going to go after these rationalists because the rationalists are going to say, get rid of religion, get rid of God, Get rid of it all. You're gonna. You, you need to bring down man into a, a state of a piano key, and we can move forward towards this utopia. And the underground man is like, hey, he can see it all, and and then he's like, he doesn't see that at all. And so he is going to proceed with the assumption that consciousness is this sickness, and it's only the man of action who can actually affect any sort of change in the world. And again, in future chapters, he's going to be talking about principles, right? About maybe the first principles, second principles, third principles, fourth principles, and how people process information. Like consciousness is not determining anything. This dude is confusing. <laughs> so I'm just, I'm just going to be honest. With you. I, I'm sorry. I'm no, a, fine. A little bit of a man of action over here. Yeah. What? No. I, hey. I'm I'm lacking the consciousness side because I. I, I'm telling you, like this is the hardest ch- chapter of any book I've ever read in my entire life. <laughs> it was the hardest. It was yeah, it was painful. I, I I was like, like the thing you just tried to explain. Yeah, I'm like yeah, I don't know that you even dumbed that down enough for me. Well, I mean, uh, either either you you did, and no, the fact I, that it was just said. This no, same. I don't think so. No, I don't think so. You know, if you okay, so if you're going to create a perfect utopia, right? Yeah, don't you need a list of things to do? I mean, right? Don't you need a list of like, you know, that that these you do these things and of you how to do it? If you're like project manager of Utopia, yeah, 
Okay. Right? Yeah. Like, you know, if you're going to create something and say, okay, X plus Y equals Z. Yes. Okay, fine. Then if you give me X and you give me Y, I can add them together. I'm okay. going to get Z, right? Got it. Next step. Well, how do you get X? Well, we're going to think about it for a while. Well, if you have a lot of consciousness, you're able to see all the different possibilities of all the different decisions you could do. How are you going to come up with X? You're going to say, well, we get X by doing this. Well, wait a minute. You know, is it really worth it to do this? If I do this, then they'll do that. And then you start overthinking it, and then you can never come to that 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 point. Well, the underground man is going to think through this, and he's going to think, you know, the only people who have the ability to say X is X and no one gets to argue, that's the strong man, right? That's the man of action. That's the, the guy who is working on a first principle. Because remember, we talked about human rights. Human rights are human rights is a, a Christian, an idea that comes from Christianity. Mm. And so we don't, Outside of Christianity, then, you know, you can say, well, why shouldn't the Uyghurs be, you know, be assimilated into Chinese culture, right? I mean, it's their country, right? And yeah. so, I mean, who cares if they put their kids in and then they, you know, they, they, they want to, you know, indoctrinate their kids, right? I mean, yeah. so you get into that part and then so you can get there, right? And so without that belief, without that objectivity, you can go there. So the person who says X is X and Y is Y, and you don't get to change it. That's the strong man, the man of action. But yet the strong man, the man of action, he's got to have some sort of principle, right? And so if you, and if you have principles, then you have, if you have principles, then you have things that are beautiful and you have things that are evil. And then you should be able to reconcile yourself to the beautiful. You should be, you know, like you could be evil and defend it. We talked about that, right? Yeah. Or, you know, you should be able to be good and say, well, no, everyone should be good because well, obviously being good is a good thing to do. So you should always do the right thing. Okay. So that's just what the underground man is saying is that uh, everybody's different. Everybody's going to have different levels. And so, no, but like the man of action doesn't understand that. The man of action thinks that, well, everyone must think this way. It's got to be so simple. Not even. The man of action doesn't think. The man of action acts, right? The man of action, see, like the steak. I think we were talking about that before. We were talking about the steak. And I think it's a pretty decent example, right? So the man of action says, me man of action, me like steak, steak delicious, right? I mean, that's... There you so go. So what principles does he have? Because you said he has to have principles. Well, he has principles in that... So, for example, right? Neil deGrasse Tyson says, mm-hmm. well, I can't believe in God because I know the moment that I believe in God, some trailer park is getting torn apart by a tornado while I say that I believe. And so how can those two things coexist at the same time? So there's just limited principles? Well, so, and then another person may say, may say, okay, well, you know, God offers salvation to man, and I'm so thankful for this. You know, and I'm so thankful to God. You know, and then they put themselves underneath that, right, underneath that principle, and they allow that principle to flow throughout their lives, right? Yeah. And so, right, and so, therefore, they have that principle. The underground man doesn't have a limiting principle. He doesn't have a principle like that. I mean, I think that we do have social scripts and limiting principles outside of religious belief, but that only lasts for a time. I mean, eventually, things start to fall apart. Yep. No, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely follow you there. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Christianity doesn't change. Ever. At all. It's the only objective truth um, that I've ever found. Otherwise, I I would completely agree with the underground man. Uh, what, to become, oh. a, to become a moored? <laughs> no, I, outside of Christianity, <clears throat> that, there, yeah. that there is no, there is no objective truth. People aren't, people aren't robots. Um, yeah. You know, you're not gonna 
have that utopia where you go to the grocery store and you know, everyone's just nice to you the whole way and mm-hmm. you have no traffic problems and you know none of that. That's not going to happen. You can find a lot of these themes that are uh, that are developed more and are more explicit and and are I think you know they have a very they're more developed in other novels that Dostoevsky's written. I mean this in Notes from Underground we see the seeds of so many themes and the seeds of so many novels. I mean it don't feel bad about it. you read this book and you go wow this is a heavy load, right? Well, I mean you can have a couple pages and you got the seeds of an entire book there, you know. So th- these themes do get developed, but you know cuz I mean hey Christian faith is a simple faith, right? I mean, faith of a child, right? It, I mean, yeah, it is. You know, and so you have a simple faith. It is simple actions, and it is, I mean, love your neighbor, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, who is my neighbor? I and mean, these are all fundamental questions. These are not co- overly complicated questions. I mean, they're not going to find those kind of questions here in Notes from Underground. No. You know, no. I mean, you're going to hear me drone on for five minutes and go, what in the world is he talking about, you know? But yet you, yes. read the Bi- <laughs> but yet you can read the Bible, and the Bible will say, well, who is your neighbor? You know, or, or the, you know, um, he that was lost is now found. Yeah, the and, simplicity which is in Christ Jesus. Right. And so you you have, and so you have these contrasts, and yet why does one work and why does the other not, right? And and do we think about these things anymore, you know? Dovskayevsky wanted to show that, that that simple act, right, that, that, that act of love, the act of belief, that that, that you know, this was what, that this was the answer, and that when he came back into Russia and he saw the Russian nihilism, right? I mean, determinationism, uh, uh, with the materialism, um, utilitarianism, this Russian nihilism that wanted to move past all the institutions, move past belief. Uh, you know, they wanted to be rid of God. Yeah, right? and so um, you know, it's one of my favorite Dostoevsky quotes. Um, so I'm probably not getting right, but you know, I said, "If they, if they ever decide to kill God, we will shepherd him underground." Hmm. I mean, you know, like like we will, like you know, God will be shepherded underground. Like people, like this is not. You're never going to take this away. You know, and and as much as you as as much damage as you can do, right? I mean, that 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 is what living is. And people have tried. And it hasn't happened yet, right? Yeah, and there you go, absolutely. And so, and we still have this. We still have this this discourse here, this dialogue today. It doesn't look the same as it did in 1840 or 1864, but it is um it is still with us today, and we still deal with it every day. And you know, we're not able to we're we're not able to channel the underground man to figure out our problems in the current year in our current society, and that's probably a good thing. Uh, but we can do our best to do it. It's what we try to do on a regular basis, and we always keep our ear to the ground because we can talk about the notes from underground, but today we, we have we have notes, notes from underground, and you can hear us do it. You can hear us do it on a podcast and check it out for times and for post, and you can see what we have to think. But that is chapter number two of Notes from Underground. Wraps that up. Boy, uh, consciousness is a disease, and we are going to keep going, and we're going to keep developing this. And it's boy, it's going to be quite the journey, I think. To, to the bitter end. To the to the bitter end. <laughs> it seems that way. Oh, well, maybe I don't know. Maybe uh, maybe there'll be some slapping. <laughs> maybe there'll be some slapping before it all ends, right? And then you know that would make the underground man happy, right? Maybe liven some, it up. Maybe someone will come along and slap him around, liven it up. <laughs>
<laughs> we'll see. All right. Very good. Thank you for joining us today. We're very grateful and can't wait to hear you for chapter number, to join you for chapter number three. Thank you for joining Tom and Steve on the Blunderground Railroad. Join us next time as we seek to travel from ignorance to knowledge. And check out their other podcasts, Notes from Blunderground and the Digital Blunderground. See you next time 